welcome back to the Rink Rat Report podcast, episode three, game two. Columbus, we solved them finally. 2 0, Toronto Maple Leafs over the Columbus Blue Jackets. We finally scored on Eunice Carpasalo. Fred Anderson, big playoff shuddy back there. Uh, didn't Wasn't tested too, too much, but when he was, I mean, he was. He answered the bell. That's all you can ask for. Uh, let's get right into it. A couple lineup changes to start. Marner going up to Matthews's line. Nylander going to Tavares's line. Something that we've seen in the regular season and quite frankly has worked. So why not give it a try in the playoffs? Love seeing that. A little, little game-to-game adjustment there. And then in the fourth line, Frederick Gauthier coming out and Pierre Engvall coming in. And as I mentioned... The fourth line looked a little bit slow in game one, so it was nice to see that they added in that little bit of speed to, so that we can we can get them out there a little bit more because, I mean, it, they do help. They do help a little bit out there, and it, it is good, and they do provide that little bit of jump, and we did see that jump early on. Kyle Clifford, that was a nice hit there. So, my thoughts on the game, I mean, overall, just going to give my summary right away to start I felt like Columbus didn't have their best game and John Tortorella pulled it be- uh, said it best um, I'm going to pull up the quote in just a second here but Columbus isn't as good as Toronto and we know that we, we had, everyone knows that everyone in their grandmother knows that they, they compared to their skill where they stood in the standings this this season and their record was above what everyone's expectations were. So when you have a team like that, in order for them to succeed, they really have to stick to their systems. They really have to stick to being tight defensively. And we didn't see that from them tonight. I mean, as Tortorella said, Toronto, this is a quote from John Tortorella, Toronto was really good. We sucked. I think it puts it pretty damn well so tonight we didn't see we saw columbus get away from their game in my opinion they weren't creating those turnovers in the offensive zone like we saw in game one they were they weren't stopping the leafs kind of in the neutral zone it was pretty free flowing for the toronto maple Leafs. we saw a lot more puck movement from their defense there and we saw them take some some a lot of penalties i mean the leafs i think had what uh about six minutes in power. No, more than that. But anyways, we saw Columbus take penalties as well. And then on the two goals, there were both defensive breakdowns by the Columbus Blue Jackets there. So a couple errors that led to defensive lapses that led to goals. And then as well as them looking a step behind and then taking penalties on that. So we saw... Errors from the Columbus Blue Jackets, they got away from their game a little bit. That looked horrible offensively, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Frederick Anderson did play decently, but he stopped when he needed to. And guess what? There wasn't too, too much thrown in the way of him. I felt like like Columbus's zone entries were terrible. When they had, when they turned, when they created turnovers, they did nothing from it. They weren't able to. The, the puck just ended right back up on the Toronto Maple Leafs sit, stick. So this is not to say that the Toronto Maple Leafs did not play well, though. I felt that the Leafs played very well tonight. And as a result, it forced Columbus to make those errors. And it was a direct result of the Toronto Maple Leafs playing very well tonight. I felt 
that uh, the defense moved the puck up ice much better than they did in, in game one. And if they happen to turn it over, I mean, they were right back on it like a, a fly on poop, uh, turning that, getting that puck back uh, to them. So the Blue Jackets were pretty much unable to do much with, with their puck possession and their, their zone entries stunk. Um, other notes that I have from this game. Uh, let's jump into them. I have some pretty in-depth notes. Uh, I think the shots speak for themselves in this one. Uh, the total shot, I mean, the total Corsi 4, I'm going to read this one. 5-on-5 uh, Corsi was 47-29 to 29 in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that just speaks for itself. I mean, Columbus seemed like at points they did not have the puck at all. They weren't they weren't able to get anything going. Their big guns were quite silent tonight. I felt. I mean, Pierre Luc Dubois, who was very good in Game One, his Corsi four in this game was twenty seven point three percent. So it was a combination of the. I mean, I don't think the Columbus Blue Jackets stuck to the game plan as well as they should have as well as they did in game one but i do think that we saw a leafs team with much more jump much more life much more energy that led the columbus blue jackets to look the way that they did but i'm criticizing the columbus blue jackets but obviously i'm exempting Eunice corpusalo from this conversation that guy was incredible tonight i mean we stopped 30, 37, 36 shots tonight. What is it? Why am I not reading it? 36 shots on uh, of 30, 36 of 38 tonight. And those were, there were a lot of great saves that we saw him make there. Um, I mean, Tavares had a goal, finally put one in, but he robbed Tavares, I think, about three other times on that. Uh, Matthews Marnard line had some great chance. Everyone had some great chances. Let's go through let's get into the game notes a little bit here um first period a couple drawn penalties from the toronto maple Leafs. i really didn't like the power play too much but some strong forechecking that led to them drawing penalties and i mean when you're coming off a game where you're looking very flat that strong forecheck that energy that uh, i mean clifford the captain and, and the captain in line at one point clifford was on the captain in line the the strong energy and the skating and the speed that they they were playing at a level of you felt very confident about and i mean at the end of the period it was zero zero but you had a very good feeling about this game because it was 15 to 6 in shots at the end of the period shot attempts with 15 minutes left were 24 to 10 not bad one penalty against in that. That was, I think, that was the only blemish really in that period. I mean, there was one good chance by Nyquist, but and one penalty taken by Muzzin there. But what? Can't be perfect, right? Second period, we saw the Leafs really turn it on, and I mean, there was a lot of great chances. I could read them all, but it would take me way too long. I mean. A couple of power play opportunities in this one. Uh, they were on the PK once and and there was really only one decent chance there but the one thing that people aren't saying enough of the pk was pretty good tonight the pk was pretty good in game two i felt that columbus had a very tough time of getting pucks through to the net uh there was a lot of great block shots i mean listen i'm not gonna scream the praises oh blocking shots so important but 
the lanes weren't there. The puck wasn't getting to the net. And as a result, the, the, the Jackets weren't able to generate anything out of it. Their, their, pen, their power play was pretty terrible as well. So again, so in the carryover, the carryover from the first to the second was they brought that speed. They still had that energy. And as a result, they were still drawing those penalties. A couple okay chances on the power play here and there, really. But a lot of great five on five chances on top of that, too. Uh, shots halfway through were 21 to 8. So a, a solid peer by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And guess what? We finally saw a goal. You knew something had to crack because the Leafs were playing far too well for them to be shut out. I mean, it. I, I, props again, props to Jonas, Jonas Corposalo, but I felt that just one was going to break because Columbus could not get it out of their own zone. They couldn't generate anything. I really think they only had one, maybe two decent shots. There was one where Fred made a nice save on Wierenski and the rebound on Atkinson and prior to that on the power play where he made a good, pretty good one-time save. It was still from a decent distance out. But, yeah, I mean... I f- all around, I think, in this game, a fantastic game. Fantastic game from pretty much everyone. And I mean, when you look at it, when you look at the possession numbers here, the top three for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hyman, 74.2%. Marner, 74.1%. Hole, 73.1%. And to me, those were three guys. And then Tavares was down there too. Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot. But to me, those top three guys were guys that were in need of a big bounce back game. And we really got it from them tonight, especially Justin Hole. Justin Hole playing first pairing with Jake Muzzin. I think he really needed to step up tonight. And you know what? He did. He did have a very good chance to score in the second period there. But Eunice Corpusalos came up big again. So what were the big differences between game one and game two I think the big difference was just I hate to be cliche about it but the energy level was there the Leafs were skating faster they weren't turning over the puck as much the puck movement from the defense was was astronomically better I felt the puck movement from the defense the energy level was there I mean flipping Nylander and Marner just seemed to click so much better and as a result, we got higher quality chances and we got a couple goals finally. <laughs> we got a couple goals. So big changes were, I think, the energy level. We saw a lot more out of Hyman. Mikheyev was was decent, but our workhorses, we got a lot more out of. I mean, Hyman and, Hyman, and McKay, Hyman got an assist on that Matthews goal. It was a very nice assist, too. And they generated a couple great chances on top of that. I think the one thing that really spoke to me in this in this one play that spoke to that in this game, there was a play. Columbus gets the puck behind their net. Hyman, with the great forecheck, was able to create the turnover. Makayev in front to Tavares, but then it hit off of, I think, Ryan Murray's skate and right into the chest of Eunice Corpusalo. And to me, that was just the the epitome of what we needed from game one. A little bit of energy from those guys. And I got to say, I think they stepped up pretty well. Uh, Marner, at least, at least Twitter, was dragging Marner to no end. I thought he looked, I mean, didn't put up, I don't think put up any points this game. 
verify that now, but he looked much, much better. He created a couple pretty high danger chances, I think, as well, both on the on the power couple on the power play, but a, a decent amount of uh, even strength as well. So he's at zero points for the series, but you know what? I'm perfectly fine with the way he played tonight. Excellent job by Mitch Marner. Um, and as always, I mean, Austin Matthews is otherworldly. Um, so those are my big changes from game one, game one to game two. I like the energy level. I thought our workhorses really got into it, and I liked the puck movement by the defense. I you didn't see as many turnovers from them, and if you if they as I said before, if they did turn it over, it went right back to them, which. I think could be attributed both to the forwards as well as the defense on that one. So what I didn't like and what really needs to change to game three and moving forward in the, in the, in the playoffs, just in general, I mean, the power play, the power play needs to be better. I mean, I don't think it was, while I don't think it was bad, I, I really think we need a lot more out of the power play, especially we were given far too many chances, especially for a playoff game. Far too many chances on the power play, and we weren't able to capitalize on one of them. I mean, when you think about it moving forward, you're not playing the Columbus Blue Jackets who are going to snooze you to death one nothing. You're going to be playing next round, possibly the Big Bad Bruins. You're going to possibly be playing the Philadelphia Flyers, Washington Capitals, or Tampa Bay Lightning. If you go zero power play goals against any of those teams, if you go over, what do we go over four or for five? It's it's just gonna you're you're digging yourself a hole. You're really digging yourself a hole with that one. So I think there needs to be some big power play adjustments here. I. I mean, you could say, oh, it was too much to the outside. I thought there were some decent inside chances there. But you really need to bury. You really need to capitalize on those those chances. Like, that, the, the third line did a fantastic job drawing penalties tonight. I think Kapanen drew two. Uh, Kapanen drew two. Robertson drew one. Took one, but drew one. And then Kerfoot drew one as well. So a fantastic job by that line. And then it just, just for it to go to waste like that, it was really disappointing to see. So moving forward, I mean, other than that, I thought it was great effort by the Leafs. Fantastic effort. Um, A lot more of an exciting game (laughs) to watch than game one. But the power play is something that needs to improve moving forward. So... In summary, what I thought of the game, Columbus got away from their game plan a little bit, didn't have their best game out there, but it was a direct result of the Toronto Maple Leafs skating so well and just absolutely taking it to them in this one. So my top player, I think, from this game, I'm going to give it to John Tavares, the captain. Nice breakaway goal, eight total shots on net. I thought he was just buzzing out there you could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated because he was getting some grade a chances and even a kneelander had one that went right through the right through the crease i think it was or no yeah pretty much right through the crease as well but john tavares 
eight shots out there. One goal, ton of chances. I think 66% Corsi 4. And his relative Corsi was... I can't find it, but who cares? Oh, 6.7, which is not bad. Uh, Leaf, uh, the leader on the Leafs was Hyman with 20.9. How are you? Um, one guy that I think needs to step up. I, I didn't think that Makayev had the best game, but it was a little bit better. You know, taking steps towards the right and taking steps in the right direction. I think my expectations were probably a little bit too too high for him in this one. Um, and then, so if I were to rank each of the pairings, each of the lines, I think it would be very tough. I mean, the Matthews line got a goal, right? Matthews one goal, one assist. I think his assist might have came off came from the Morgan Riley empty net, and yes, it did. Um, but the Matthews line with a goal, the Tavares line with a goal. Um, so to say that, oh, those two lines were so much better than the Kerfoot, Kapanen, Robertson line, I think is unfair. And it was because, as I mentioned before, that line drew, what, four penalties this game? And I think when you're, you're drawing four penalties in a game, it provides a team with so much energy and so much momentum. I thought they forechecked fantastic. They did a fantastic job forechecking in this game. And you know what? When those guys were thrown out there on the second power play, they also put together some good chances. I mean, per 60, I guess, per like per minute, I thought the second power play generated more chances than the first. Now it's relative. Obviously, the first chance power play I think did have more chances overall, but they they were out there longer. They were out there more than the second power play. So, kudos to the the, the second power play. I thought they did a great job out there. I thought that they did a fantastic job drawing penalties as well. If they keep doing that, I mean, we're gonna keep buzzing, plain and simple. But so to to rank one over the other is very tough because all three lines I thought were were very very good. But if I had to, you have to. If I had to pick one, I'll go Tavares line, Matthews line, then the Kerfoot line, and then the fourth line. They didn't play much, but it was it was an improvement. It was a good. It was good. So, although I rank one over the other, I, I liked how the top three lines played, and I, I think if they they continue that, we're gonna have we're gonna see a lot of success. We're gonna see a lot of goals. As to the defensive pairing. Um, one thing, I don't know how I almost forgot this, but uh, hopefully Jake Muzzin is feeling better. Not just like, oh, I want him back in the lineup so quick. I, I really hope that he is doing better. That was a bit of a scary sight to see him coming off on a stretcher. So, ranking the defensive pairings. Um, in this game, I thought that Muzzin Hole was drastically better than what we saw from the game before. I'll go with them number one. Uh, the Riley pairing number two. Cody CC didn't drag him down too too much in this game. Yeah, he actually had a decent chance. I think he fed Tavares on one of those decent chances there. Um, not a great game by any stretch of the imagination, but CC was a little bit better in this one, so that was nice to see. Um, and then the Barry pairing was was decent this game. I didn't I didn't mind them really. So whole pairing, Riley pairing. Barry, uh, Barry Dermott pairing. So, going into game three, 
the one thing, I don't know how I almost forgot this, but I think the power play needs to be better. And then there is going to be one lineup adjustment, and that is a left-handed defenseman is coming in. So people are speculating, is it Sandin? Is it Marinson? I can almost guarantee it's going to be Marty Marinson, even though I think that is the worst decision ever. As we saw in game one, the Leafs' defense struggled to move the puck up the ice, and as a result, they were not able to—they weren't able to generate anything. They, it, it was a very tough look back there when uh, when CC had the puck, even when Muzzin or when Hole had the puck. When they weren't able to move the puck up ice, it stifled the offense. So, by putting someone in there, there's an offensive stifler themselves. They can't generate nothing unless it's one game against the Vancouver Canucks. I'm, it blows my mind that I have a good feeling that Martin Marinson is going to be in the lineup for Game Three. I'm like Marty Marinson. Like I don't. Even, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm completely speechless. I don't even know how to how to describe his game. Marty Marinson is going to be such a terrible matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets. This guy is slow. This guy can't this guy can't stick handle. This guy can't pass the puck up the ice. What is he going to do? He's better defensively than Sandine. That's fantastic. Columbus can't score though. So what are you defending against? Like the reduct I mean having less errors then you do things that you do well i mean it's net you're not netting as much as someone that does something well and then makes a couple errors and that's what i think you're getting from Rasmus Sandin. i don't understand why he's not in the lineup we've seen some fantastic hockey from Rasmus Sandin this season he's a very good skater we have seen some bad hockey from him as well but he's a good skater he's a fantastic passer he's a smart player and when he's in his element, which I think he would be in Game 3, he's he's a terrific, terrific option for third pairing. Martin Marinson, I cannot say any of that. So, looks like we're going to get a Marty party in Game 3, unfortunately. Um, my guess on defense is that there's a couple different options that they can go with, possibly... We see Riley Hole, and then uh, Dermot Sandine, and then um, Marinson Barry. Uh, there's a lot of different options that you can play with there. I think we're gonna see. We're gonna see, obviously. I think we're gonna see a huge increase in Morgan Riley's uh, minutes, his usage at five on five, especially. Uh, he's gonna be a big key for Game Three. Um, in terms of the other pairings, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I mean, yeah, I think Durham is saying if CC is going to be the play, unfortunately, and then Barry in the third line. But again, we'll see. We'll probably get the Leafs PR notification soon. Um, with that, my closing notes, um, the Macklemore song that plays in the arenas this is your moment or whatever needs to stop that's just one complaint i had and i guarantee the hat tosser that we saw in the hurricanes game or in the oilers game i can't remember which game it was but the hat tosser the person whose job it is to toss the hats on the ice after a uh, 
after a hat trick, I guarantee you need a master's to do that and that the job qualifications are uh, are steep. Hey, you want to throw some hats on the ice? You kind of need your master's to do that. Mm. Hmm. Anyways, have a great um, Wednesday, everyone, I guess. And the boys are back on Thursday. So excited to, excited to see what happens. Excited to... S- for what's to come.